This is Barkcast. You ain't nothing but a hound On each episode of BarkCast, your questions will be answered by professional, senior trainer and owner of Canine Point Academy, Russell D. Russell. In this week's BarkCast, Russell catches up with longtime friend and fellow trainer, Bonnie Brown Kelly, to chat about how to get our dogs to engage more and how to make the best use of time for both ourselves and our pups. Bonnie Brown Kelly, welcome to BarkCast. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm oh, always really a looking pleasure. forward to this time together. Yes. Well, I thought we would kick off today and talk about a couple of things, um, which I think is as near and dear to your heart as it is to mine, and probably something that dog trainers around the world struggle with when it comes to clients, but is also looking at um, making our clients realize that they need to be the most important person to their own dog and how we can put things in place to make that a part of their daily life, but also how that actually benefits them on sort of later on down the road. Awesome. It's near and dear to my heart. It, I, you know, overall, I think um, when, when, we, when we talk about building a relationship with our dogs, number one, we have to remember that our dogs don't speak whatever language we speak. Correct. They speak body language. And so the more I can use my body language and the way I invest and play with my dog, the more my dog's going to want to engage with me. I think so many times um, we forget about the difference between being a leader and a boss. Um, a boss is someone who always demands that we do something, whereas a leader is someone who really shows us what to do right. And then we have fun doing it together. Confidence, it builds this dog that wants to engage with us and it just builds a healthier bond together. Do you also find that from a, a client perspective, a lot of the time they're, whether it, and it's probably not even a conscious thing, but they're, they're trying to get their dogs to do more, like more play, more, and, and usually this will involve you know, going out for sort of long walks, off leash and just running amok or because it's good exercise or, you know, going to a dog park, playing with lots of other dogs, again, because it's good exercise. But as much as it might be ticking a physical exercise box, that's pretty much at best all it's really doing. Yes, that's really true. Because I think we can tire our dogs out in five minutes by doing mental exercises. Whereas if I take my dog out and I just let them be a dog with other dogs, there's, there's no, um, there's no difficulty in that as opposed to a dog that needs to think, 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 and it's fun to think with you. So yeah, that's a, that's a huge part of it, right? There's mental stimulation. Um, and I, and I see that all the time where people just take their dogs to the dog park as opposed to, Hey, you know what? I want you to take your dogs to an empty parking lot train them for 30 seconds, put them back in the car, check your email, get them back out, train them for two minutes, put them back yep. in the car. By the end of that session, three or four of those little sessions, you've got a dog that's pretty tired. And I'm, I'm, I try and make the connection with, um, with people all the time. If you go running every day yourself, you just get fitter and faster. So that, that's all it really does. And yeah, you get tired, but then if you've had a really hectic morning at work you know, you know difficult emails and phone calls and stuff to make where you're working on a project that's mentally taxing and it wipes you out like you're doing your accounts right end of the month accounts right. coming up you're wiped out after 20 minutes of that because you're thinking about it and the yeah. same is exactly true for our dogs 
That's exactly right. Yeah, for sure. So in those sort of in that sort of essence, then taking um, when like you and I, when we talk about mental exercises for our dogs, let's give our clients some examples. What sort of things can they be doing to either change or at least add into their routines with their with their pups? So I like to um, do just some simple things. There's two ways that I can engage with my dog, just simply. One is with a lure, right? I have a little bit of food in my hand and I'm luring my dog to do things. But maybe I'm luring my dog to do behaviors, but I'm not saying anything. Using body language and just making it really super active. Then once a dog is sort of invested in, oh, I can sit, I can lay down, I can spin, I can go between your legs. Then I start free shaping. And when I free shape, the dog now has to start thinking, what do I need to do to get this person to engage with me? It's really fun. So like, how do I get the treat, <laughs> right? How do yeah, I get the How ball? do I get the treat? Or how do I make this person move? That's another one too. I think sometimes it's just like, well, here's some food. But if I have food and I'm moving with you, that just makes it so much more dynamic and really mm -hmm. fun. Right. So I think um, I love free shaping, especially with um, just our companion dogs, because mm -hmm. I think Sometimes I believe we forget to teach them how to think. Mm -hmm. uh, like I said earlier, we're kind of bossy as opposed to, no, think, think for me. And then what happens is you almost turn the tables and the dog now is training us. Like, what do yeah. I do to make this person feed me? Right. Yeah. Like and now suddenly the things have turned and the dog has more invested in this play. This only works, however, if the dog is hungry. It's, it's not going to work if my dog just had breakfast. And I mean, there's, there's a, the caveat there is also, you know, what motivates the dog? I mean, most of the time, yeah, it's going to be food. Um, you know, if you're talking your typical beagle, typical lab, if it resembles food, they're interested. So whereas it might just be for some dogs, hey, they need a, they need a toy, a tug toy or a ball. Mm -hmm. Or it might just be actually being connected to me and hanging out kind of with me and doing stuff. The, right. The, the trickier ones are the ones that ah, I'm not really bothered about toys, mm -hmm. not really bothered about food. So if you're dealing with a dog on, in that sort of bracket, what, what sort of tips can we give to people as to how to get them to focus and bring them in? Because I tend to find that there's always something that motivates the dog, right? Exactly. And really, I would say most of the time, full circle, 90% of the dogs out there, it can come back to food. It's more yeah. difficult, I think, for people because... Food for us is nurturing and it just feels good for me to feed my dog and put it in a bowl. But I tell people, would you like to go to a nice fancy restaurant by yourself or would you like to go with someone? So if you were to just say, hey, I've got food here, let's go play together. Let's have, yeah. let's play some games. And the dog says, nah, I don't really want to. I'm not in the mood. Mm -hmm. Okay, respect that. But maybe you need to go chill out for a little bit. Yeah, I'm not going to give you any attention. Maybe I'll put you in your quiet spot for a little while. I'll bring you back out. We'll try again. Uh, maybe my dog still doesn't want to do it. Okay, that's okay. I'm going to put you in your quiet spot. And when I mean a quiet spot, I'm not going to put you in the backyard where you can go chase things. Yeah, I'm going to put you in a quiet spot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I'm bring you back out. And sometimes the third time, the dog is like, "Oh, is this my only option?" okay, maybe I will play with you. And I keep it really short, really fast, really fun. And then the dog starts to build that motivation. Now, of course, there are some breeds out there where that just doesn't work. But I would say many times we just don't give it a go. Like we don't push through it. We just give up too soon. I, I, I would concur in absolutely with that last one. It's like we try it the once, like, oh, I offer my dog a treat. He didn't take it. Oh, he must not like the treats. 
He must not like food. Okay, this is never going to work. Whereas if, yeah, you push through it and keep going. And also I tend to tell clients, especially, especially with puppies, but you, know, you can do it with any dog, rather than giving them you know, breakfast and dinner, don't. Give, it, give them all that food from you throughout the day. Work with them. So first thing in the morning, they're going to be hungry. Even the dogs aren't like super food motivated. They're going to be hungry. They're going to want some breakfast. So, and like you say, working in those small sort of bursts, they're getting a small amount of food. An hour later, they're still going to be hungry. So we're just trying to tap into that, that drive, if you like. I, you know, to sympathize with humans, however, yeah. I think sometimes we don't have the mental bandwidth. Like we want these things. We want our dogs to be engaged. We want them to come when called. We want them to play with us. But sometimes we just don't have, we're tired. Yeah. You know, we're tired. We've had a busy day, whatever. And we don't feel like it. So I think the other thing that I try to tell people is take the pressure off, man. You don't have to do this every day. You don't have to do it every day. But if you spend just five minutes, you know, once a day, maybe once every other day, and you just kind of enjoy this period with your dog, you're going to bring out more of that attachment together. Yeah. And, and there's, I think the other misconception that I see is that dogs need to be exercised every day. Hmm. You know, just speaking from my own, um, what I enjoy doing, I like training for protection sports as a trainer, I don't have time to exercise my dog every day. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I don't have time to train my dog every day, but that's okay. Because if I don't train my dog for two days, when I go to train my dog, he's going to go, yay, you're yeah. Johnny, let's yeah. play. So I think taking the pressure off and just telling people, hey, you don't have to do this every day. However, don't substitute that with taking them to the dog park or whatever, because then that devaluates you. I don't have time. So, so I'm going to go look something off. easy and you need to engage with me. Yeah. So, and, if that, and if that's the only option to get where I want to go to, then I have to engage with you as an owner. That's just the yeah, way it kind of plays out. Went to a seminar a couple of weekends ago. I love to continuously learn from other people. And it was funny. I had this idea in my head of what I was going to do when I got out onto the field. And the trainer looked at me and he said, you know what? I think you should just go play with your dog. It's awesome, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you for that reminder. Someone yeah, yeah. needed to remind me. I just needed to go play with my dog. And I also find, I mean, as, as humans, when we're learning something new and we, we kind of get to that aha moment, what we want to do is push on, right? I've got level one. What's at level two? Or I've done that. What's at level three? And we're always looking to push, push, push. We try and apply that with our dogs. Oh, they know how to do this. Let's quickly push on with the next thing. Mm -hmm. And very quickly, the dog was going to check out, tune out, and it all goes to pot. Whereas I kind of always say to people, just, you know, you've got your sit to, you've got your dog to sit twice. Brilliant. Finish. Go play. Go do something else. Go chill out for a while. So when yeah. you do come back, like you're saying, you might not have trained for a day or two. You've had that, that break. But at least when you come back to it, they're like, hey, I remember this game. This is awesome. This is fun. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you can slowly sort of build the time out that way. I like to, um, I like to look at the pyramid model. And you probably know this as an athlete. When you work toward a competition or something, you're working toward that peak performance, right? Yeah. And once you get there, you don't stay there. Correct. You have to go back to your base again, or you're going to yeah. burn out. You're going to hurt yourself, right? Yeah. And I think it's the same thing with dog training. So even if 
if I just, you know, have a lovely companion dog, but I want good recall and I want my dog to sit when I say sit, okay, I can get that for a period of time, but then sometimes I just need to go back to easy things to make yes. it easy for my dog. And I encourage people when they take classes to, okay, so your dog might know beginning obedience and you feel like your dog really gets it why don't you go back to beginning obedience so that your dog feels really proud and confident? I think just going back to basics, like you said, just not always pushing, going back to that base level really helps with confidence and um, motivation building as well. That's a really important point. And I also, it, it bends my noodle sometimes. I mean, like you mentioned a second ago about having the grandkids around, right? But when I find this, I, mean, I don't have children myself, but all, I ask this question of all parents when they come in. Because they seem to have this expectation that that 11-week-old German Shepherd puppy that they have, or whatever it is, should know how to sit, should be house trained, should know to come back when I call it, should know all these amazing things. Yet they can get their head around the fact that their five-year-old isn't an astrophysicist yet, because they haven't learned that stuff. But why don't you understand that your dog takes time to learn these things as well? So we've got to give them that leeway you've got to give them that time to learn and like all of us they're going to make mistakes along the way for sure that's just well and not only that but you know dogs their language is completely different than ours correct yeah you know the poor things they're trying to figure us out every day yeah right? they're trying to learn about us as well as what we want to right. do <laughs> right and uh you know they know we're not dogs but they only know how to relate to us as if we are dogs so you know, if when we're when we're speaking to them and not giving them any clues with our body language to kind of help them out, it's it's really tough for them. Yeah. And again, that's a demotivator. Right? When I'm trying to figure things out and I'm not quite sure what you're trying to get through to me, and uh, and we're know. frustrated, so we don't look very like we should be around you, and it all yeah. goes south. And I, you know, just going full circle back, I think that's why short training sessions are really good. Sometimes I will set my iPhone for 30 seconds, literally 30 seconds. I get my dog out for 30 seconds and I train and I put him back in my truck. Mm -hmm. And then I, you know, check my email, call my mom, whatever, and then yep. get my dog back out for 30 seconds and I put him back up. Yeah. You can do this while you're doing errands if the weather permits, right? Or whatever, it doesn't have to be this long 20 minute ordeal of training. The other thing too is many times people, instead of training for what you want, they want it so they try to train it when they need it that's, exactly that's a demotivator as well it's like you have to train for preparation for when you do need it i think it's a a demotivator for sure and b invariably it makes it worse because you because at that point because we need our dog to do something in this very very moment it's and it doesn't happen we're just going to react the wrong way we're going to get stressed we're going to get angry frustrated and all of that which is not conducive to getting your dog to play ball Right. So, and if you're only working in that moment, that creates a consistent picture. Oh, this is something bad. I'm going to tap out. And I would argue that probably teaching recall is that's usually where that goes south because we let the dog run amok and do everything it wants to do until we want it to come back. And now we end up chasing it and screaming at it and finally get hold of it and punish it and take it away and play. Well, why would I want to come back to you? It's never any fun. No, it's exactly right. And it's hard as humans, again, because we're humans and we can only be human. 
But I think, you know, again, as much as we can kind of get into the dog brain, the better. So let's just, if we can go back to just like motivators, food definitely is a motivator. And as you said, if the food is not in a bowl, it's something coming from me as your trainer, as your person, then the motivation is going to be higher. But I also find the same thing, even if I have dogs that are not toy motivated, if I walk around my house and I pick up all the toys that I bought for my dog and I just pick them all up, except for that one toy that my dog really likes, and maybe that's the one I squeak and I run away with. So now that toy is really fun and now I'm fun too. And you know, it's not like as if I'm a fast runner at my age, I'm not <laughs> running fast, but you know, I'm moving, yeah. I'm moving and it's fun to chase me. Uh, I think sometimes when we, when our dogs have everything available to them, you know, they've got their cushy bed and they've got a bunch of toys and they have food for free. Why go to work? Yeah. They're a bunch of trust fund babies, you know. Yeah. Work, right? <laughs> yes, absolutely. They got everything. Hey, if all I had to do was sit at my desk and people came in and dropped cash and ice cream on the table, I'm happy. <laughs> yeah. I might not come when called. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I might just hang out here quite happily. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Key tips for people, keep it short. Keep it really, really super, super short. Do lots and lots and lots of really short, kind of intense bursts, 30 seconds max, right? And just play that out during the day. <laughs> if you miss a day or two, don't, don't pressure yourself, right? So A, allow your time yourself to build into it. And more importantly, allow the dog that breathing space to, to wanna come back to us and say, hey, does that game still work where I sit and you give me attention? Yeah, buddy, of course it does. Yeah, that free shaping and so wonderful. I love that. So just allowing them to, to do stuff and then mm -hmm. rewarding them for them. Bonnie, I could talk about this all week, let alone all day. <laughs> but I don't want to take up all of your time. But thank you so much for joining us on Barkcast. I think we should definitely get you back again. There's a lot of other topics I really want to talk to you about a bit more in depth, certainly about the sport work. Uh, love watching all of your videos and following you along on that track. And so we could definitely get some, get some insight and some tips on that one as well. Awesome. Thank you so much for this opportunity, Russell. My pleasure. Love to see you and we will catch up soon. Okay. Sounds good. If you're looking for professional training or somewhere to board your dog, either short or long-term, then check out Canine Point Academy. That's caninepointacademy.com or go to Facebook and search Canine Point Academy. Barkcast was created and produced by Shark 13 Productions. If you are looking to start a podcast or would like to learn more about how a podcast can work alongside your current marketing plans, then contact us now at j at shark13productions.com.